Primary Care is an innovative alternative path to insurance-driven healthcare. Typically, a patient pays their doctor a low monthly membership and, in return, builds a lasting relationship with their doctor and has their doctor available at their fingertips. Welcome to the My DPC Story podcast, where each week you will hear the ever so relatable stories shared by physicians who have chosen to practice medicine in their individual communities through the direct primary care model. I'm your host, Marielle Conception, family physician, DPC owner, and former fee-for-service doctor. I hope you enjoy today's episode and come away feeling inspired about the future of patient care, direct primary care. Well, hello, everybody. This is such an exciting time because this is another Direct Primary Care Summit coming your way. And so today I am joined by Dr. Lee Gross. He is current president of the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, and he is also the co-founder of Epiphany Health, a direct primary care in Northport, Florida. So Dr. Gross, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Coming up in Dallas in November is Nets and Bolts. So can you start by telling us where is it going to be in Dallas and specifically when in November? Yeah, so the conference is being held November 10th through November 12th in Dallas, and it's being held at the Renaissance Dallas Hotel, and it kicks off on Thursday evening. The important thing, I think, about these direct primary care conferences is that, I mean, a lot of it has to do with the content of what's put on, but so much more important is the networking that happens, the doctor-to-doctor connections, the finding a mentor, somebody that you can connect with that can really sort of be that person where you can pick up the phone and call and text or just bounce some ideas about off of. So we kick off our conference with a, with a networking event on Thursday night. So Thursday, there's no formal content. It is a full networking evening, cocktail reception, hors d'oeuvres, with vendors and starting to understand kind of the whole community that's developing around the direct primary care ecosystem. And then we start off Friday morning, bright and early with a very packed schedule, a, a long day and, you know, carry on through, through, through Saturday. So there will be a continuing medical education credits given for physicians that attend this conference. We don't have the set number of CME credits yet because we haven't set the official schedule yet. But once we have all the speakers lined up, we'll be able to know. But typically, year to year, we usually are able to award between 11 to 13 hours of CME credit. Awesome. And then, Lee, for the people who have not yet attended Nuts and Bolts, who didn't get that opportunity pre-pandemic, in terms of this building of community and this ability to have a place to network one-on-one in person, um, if you could also share for the audience, you know, overall the theme of this year and what content is being developed in alignment with that theme uh, in terms of giving a giving people an idea of what to expect overall in addition to networking. Yeah, so obviously we had two years where we were not able to meet in person. And we had planned on putting on a conference virtually, but honestly, there was there's so much importance in the networking aspect of this that we just, we really felt like if we tried to host it virtually, it was going to kind of fall flat. And so, you know, we did not host it. But I think, you know, we have all been through, you know, the wave of the pandemic and seeing how medicine has really changed and evolved over the past two years and how much the pandemic has stressed the various practice models. And I think the theme that we're trying to shoot for with this is that, you know, DPC did not just survive the pandemic rampages, it thrived during them. And so where most primary care practices were stressed and stopped delivering services, cut off services, laid off employees, 
strict primary care practices were exploding. They were adding physicians. You were seeing 30% year-over-year growth in direct primary care practices in not just the practices, but in the patients that were signing up for these practices. Uh, and so these DPC docs, because they were small, nimble practices, they were able to rapidly change their practice on the fly to meet the growing and rapidly evolving demands on the ground. Uh, and so that is one of the things that we really wanted to emphasize in this conference is how resilient the physicians and DPC practices are, how nimble they are, how creative they are, and how they really can meet the needs of their practice in every single community that they serve. Because the issues that I was facing here in Southwest Florida are not the issues that they were facing in Manhattan, and they're different than the issues that were being faced in Northern California. But because we did not need to go to an insurance company and beg for new billing codes. And because we didn't need to run to Washington and beg for some sort of relief for some rule, we just did what we had to do. And I think that's sort of the nature of how DVC practices have evolved over the years. And really, I think one of the things that we want to shine on this conference is the mass customization that is possible within the direct primary care community. So you're going to see lots of individual speakers that are sharing their experiences of how they've grown their practices, how they evolve their practices, and learn from the people that have been there and done it. So our key market is actually all physicians in all walks of life. And it's the people that are DPC curious. It's the people that are in residency looking to start up practices, the people that are just getting into it. And it's the people that have been doing it like me for 12 years, because we have various, you can always learn from somebody and you can always add more input as you go. I mean, I learn every time I do one of these conferences. This is our fifth. We're pretty excited about this. We've been doing this since 2016. And in terms of, you had started sharing that, yes, the content isn't 100% plugged in yet. However, there's a lot that has been designed and crafted already. And so can you give us a rundown of what you can share with us so far when it comes to the individual days and the sessions that are going to happen at Nuts and Bolts? Yeah, so I think that the overall structure of the conference, how it's laid out is going to be similar to what you've seen in years past. So the very first day of the conference, not the social networking, but on Friday, everyone's going to be together. It's going to be all in, in one large one large room, and there are going to be various panels. And the point of day number one is really something that everyone should learn something from. So it's going to be overarching themes that, that benefit everybody. It's going to be you know regulatory updates, things that affect everyone's practices, compliance, legal issues that have changed, HIPAA compliance, OSHA compliance. Uh, we're going to have attorneys presenting new information and updates. We are not going to be sort of rehashing old legal things. All that stuff is available online. But on that very first day, again, there's going to be something for everyone. So the first day is largely a sort of motivational, physician empowering, physician healing, physicians as leaders, and really just trying to sort of stimulate the enthusiasm and excitement for the conference in general and just the practice in general. So there's going to be a little bit of history. We also like to give people tools that they're going to need to use to how they explain DPC. So making the case, the broader case for the ethics of DPC and how you explain it and how you justify it and the usefulness of it. So and then we'll also have a couple exciting keynote speakers, and I'm going to hold off on the keynote speakers because they're not confirmed just yet. But we have a lunchtime keynote speaker, and we'll have a dinner a dinner time keynote speaker. Day number two is really where we get into the weeds. That's where we divide up into multiple different tracks. So you'll have a track one and a track two, which are largely based around upon your experience level. So there's going to be a track for newbies that really kind of gets into 
the legal structure of how you start up a practice. We're going to have an attorney that specializes in DPC. And this is probably somebody that you've not seen at the conference before. So it's going to be a fresh face with many years of DPC experience. You know, they will talk to you about making contracts and how not to violate or how HIPAA applies to your practice and so forth. We're also going to get into social media marketing. We're going to get into how you build your practice. And we will have people in various stages of their practice. So there's going to be some people that just started right out of residency. And there's going to be some people that joined a group as a as an employee. There's going to be some people that converted mature practices, insured practices. There'll be people that were working as hospitalists or ER doctors that transitioned into DPC that way. So you're going to really see a broad view of DPC from a startup perspective. And the way we generally try to approach this conference is that we want everybody to be able to see themselves up on stage. There should be something that represents every single person in that room that they can connect with, a story, a, a geographic situation, life experiences. And so we're going to come at it from multiple different directions. Track two this year is going to be generally more for the more experienced docs that are trying to take their practices to the next level, overcoming obstacles that you may have had in growing practices, how you work at working with employers, if you wanted to add employee groups, again, maybe some marketing and media tips or things you're going to see in that. Sometimes people will be discussing adding service lines to their practice model, so maybe they'll be some people that are doing certain procedures that they might use to kind of recruit physicians in. So we're going to be doing some, doing some instructional stuff along those lines. Uh, I think the new thing that we're pretty excited about this year is that we are going to add procedural clinic, which are extra outside of the traditional CME, but we're bringing specialists in to teach how to do procedures. So we have an orthopedic surgeon in that's going to be running a program on common fracture management, on hands-on splinting procedures, joint injection techniques. We're going to have an ear, nose, and throat surgeon that's going to be teaching common problems that, that, that you deal with. So they'll teach you how to pack a nosebleed. They're going to bring a rhinoscope and do some sort of bedside rhinoscopy with some of those services. And then we have a dermatologist that's going to be doing suturing techniques and biopsying techniques. So Things that people generally may not have had a lot of experience doing in their uh, training. Maybe somebody's been uh, practicing a different practice model for a while and hasn't, you know, been referring a lot of that stuff out. They may need to bring those things in house, just sort of a, a refresher. But we're adding a lot more uh, procedurals, and we're still expanding that. And we anticipate that we're going to be doing more of a basic office-based procedural clinic where. You know, things that maybe if you were in a large group, you had your nurse do your EKGs for you and do your IVs and, and, and phlebotomy. Uh, maybe you haven't drawn blood in 15 years, but we'll be doing some office-based stuff because honestly, there are a lot of physicians that probably have gone their entire careers and never actually performed an EKG on a patient themselves. But you may be in an office by yourself and have to do those things. So something that, that I think everyone could benefit from. But those are going to be extra additional that is going to be on Saturday afternoon after the main conference breaks up. And so those will all be in, in breakout sessions. So there's really going to be a, a lot of stuff there for everyone at all, all levels. One of the things that, that I think we're also going to be starting to see this year is you know, a lot of feedback that we get is there's just no data in DPC. You know, For years and years now, we've been saying that DPC is a better practice model. Happier doctors, happier patients, better outcomes, better access. Well, we've been doing this long enough. We should be able to put our money where our mouth is. We should have some research. We should have some structure and be able to put some meat on the bones of the policy of DPC. And so this is kind of going to be the beginning of developing of the scientific sessions around DPC. Uh, and so one of the things that we're doing is, is we're going to be presenting case studies 
on DPC implementation, clinical outcomes, financial outcomes, and we'll be doing some of that. But that's kind of where nuts and bolts is going in the future is we will be calling for research, calling for papers or abstracts, and starting to do you know poster presentations and those sorts of things. And so that's the direction that we're going to be heading in years to come, but we're just going to start tiptoeing into that just this year. So a lot on a packed schedule, but basically the, for the for the data, the main thing that we're doing this year, because we just don't have time to call for new research, we want to sort of plan for that next year. So I'll be doing, I have three and a half years of a case study with a rural hospital that I've been working with. And it arguably is one of the, the, the deeper data sets that we have, because we track a lot of data within our practice. And we can look at financial outcomes. We can look at specialty referrals. We can look at downstream utilization outside of our practice. We can look at ER visits. And so we have all of that data set that we're going to explore. And we're going to bring executives from the hospital that we're working with in rural Florida to explain how this program that we've put together is potentially a solution for rural healthcare across America. And so we're excited. Some people may have seen some of our data, but we're now, again, broadening our analyses of it and going to share some new stuff and some new stories towards that. That's awesome. And I was going to say, that's definitely in your wheelhouse because, you know, on, on many fronts, you've spoken about the power of DPC through the data that you have seen personally. So I think that's awesome. And planting some seeds for the future, especially if people are um, looking to represent their care through data. Do you have some high-level things that people should keep in mind in terms of when they're tracking things, no matter what type of practice size they're in or how new or how experienced they are in DPC, to get ready to potentially participate in that data-focused portion of nuts and bolts going into the future? Yeah, I think it can be highly variable. It can be as individualized as the practices. You know, so if I were to be looking at it and if I were to say that, you know, our practice structure makes a difference in diabetes compliance, you know, maybe when a patient comes into my practice, I might do a questionnaire on their knowledge and understanding of diabetes care, maybe get some baseline blood work and A1C levels and some cholesterol readings. And then in six months, give them a similar questionnaire where I, you know, sort of pull them on their knowledge and, and, and management of diabetes and check the A1Cs and see if we've actually shown improvement in those patients. You know, you can do similar things for blood pressure and, you know, patient satisfaction with their healthcare and just general perceptions of healthcare in general. You know, are they happy with the status of healthcare delivery that they've received up until now and rate it? And then, you know, down the line, you can, again, ask similar questions and see that we can change things over time. Again, for me, since I do a fair amount of work with businesses, we, you know, we do tend to track satisfaction through retention numbers. And so practices certainly can track their, um, their patient, you know, panel growth rates, general patient satisfaction, those are the types of things I probably would check, but it could be absolutely anything. You can use any sort of metric you, you want to show whether or not it is or is not working because no matter what it is, it's never been looked at before. We have a blank slate in terms of the medical literature around DPC that we need to start building. And I love that, especially for the people who are able to attend Nets and Bolts in person. It gives you something to think about when you're showing up on Thursday and networking in preparation for the whole summit. So that's awesome. Yeah, now, I mean, it, and that was part of you know some of the issues that we got into is because DPC practices are you know, they notoriously sort of push back against data collection because, you know, we're not coding, we're not using ICD codes and CPT-10 or CPT codes. And so it's a little bit difficult to track 
data. And, you know, we made a conscious effort within our practice, especially within our employer-based programs that we're working on, where we do attach disease-specific codes to, to track patients and to track outcomes and so forth. So that's, again, something I think that practices need to sort of look at on the front end, because when we were out there, you know, dealing with lawmakers at various states that are trying to implement DPC protective policies, they want to say, okay, so you say it's better. You say you reduce ER visits. Show me your data. It doesn't exist. And in terms of people who are interested in learning more and getting the updates as they come out and registering, where do people go to register and how much is it going to be for attending Nets and Bolts this year? Yeah, so the website that you can go to is dpcconference.com. Uh, dpcconference.com. And if you go there, not only are you going to see links to our registration, but you're also going to see four years worth of free content. Uh, we have content from all the prior programs that we put on so people can go and see other information that's out there. Uh, but you can register for the conference there. You can purchase tickets. The tickets are $695. So $700, that includes the CME. That is for physicians to attend. Now, in many cases, the physician usually wants to bring a spouse or a partner or an office manager. And so we do have reduced rates for spouses and office managers. Now, those do not give you access to CME credit. So if a spouse is also a physician, then it would be two physicians, you know, two physician tickets. I guess I have good news and bad news is that we did have a, a nice number of scholarship spots for medical students. They've all been filled. And so we work with the Benjamin Rush Institute, and we now have many med students that are coming to our conference this year. And so we can thank the generosity of the Physicians Foundation because the Physicians Foundation provides us with a grant every year to put on this conference. So we are a nonprofit foundation, a nonprofit educational foundation. And so this is not a for-profit venture. This is purely to provide the services. And again, it's all grant sponsored. And the money that comes in from ticket sales and the money that comes in from sponsorship uh, is to cover the cost of putting on the conference every year. So dpcconference.com, November 10th through 12th in Dallas, Texas. So check that out. And thank you so much, Dr. Gross, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Sunday, look forward to hearing from Dr. Lisa Davidson of Insight Primary Care in Denver, Colorado. If you've enjoyed the podcast and you haven't yet done so, subscribe today and share the episode with a physician you may know who needs to hear about DPC. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify now as well, as it helps others to find all these DPC stories. Lastly, be sure to follow us on social media. If you're wanting to continue learning more about DPC in the meantime, check out dpcnews.com. Until Sunday, this is Marielle Conception.